Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, he does love a curry, it's Master Bly Walker, Luke Bly. How are you, sir? I do love a curry, Matty boy. I do love a curry, and I, I believe we love a curry. Yes, is that right? Oh, you man, know, we love a uh, we love a selection of fine cuisine, but curry is certainly up there. <laughs> we really do. If it's not Greg's, then it's a curry. Um, yeah, mate, we simple love man. it. We love it. We just do you know what, mate? Making our way through the galaxy. We, we are, we are, mate. We are. So we went to the Star Wars day at Elstricon, didn't yes. we? Weekend just gone, and we just dropped a Star Wars Sessions extra covering that. So we managed to speak to a few cool guests. We had a good time. We had a curry. We had banter. We had mm. a curry. You know. We had a beer. The dream. The dream. Oh, mate, it was, a, it was good fun. Thank you to Liberty Events for um, allowing us to come along and hosting us for the day. Uh, we had a very good time at the convention. We bought a lot of stuff as well. We interviewed a lot of cool guests yeah. who have been in the in the Star Wars, in, including all three eras. Now we've got prequel boys in there as well. Uh, we spoke to the the Austrian King, the Maltese Legend, Eve Avangel. Uh, we spoke to some cosplayers who are making a fi- uh, fan film. It's all there in the Star Wars sessions extra. Check it out. It's about forty minutes long. All of the interviews are in there. Plus, it's bookended by Luke and myself in the car park of a very busy curry house at about eight o'clock in the evening in in yeah. uh, in Boreham Wood, Elstree Streetway. We were like, how should we wrap this? I was just <laughs> going by that cow fence and just do it over there. Yeah, yeah literally. It came out do you know okay, what? Though. Do you want to know what, mate? Do you want to know what? Um, Always. I don't know what. Do you want to know what? That's not an expression. What am I talking about? I shot a wedding yesterday. Yes. And I wanted to tell you this live on air, okay? It was a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Mate, <laughs> there I was photographing this wedding. This The, the bride walks in yep. to the ceremony. Yep. Only two across the stars, wasn't it? Oh, that is like tr- the dream, that is. It was ridiculous, well, mate. my dream. <laughs> from, from Attack of the Clones, across the stars, the, the oh, Anakin wow. and Padme's theme from Attack of the Clones, episode two. But it worked, I bet. It worked beautifully. My face oh. actually dropped. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> and later, I- later, I was getting some photos of them. I was like, guys, someone is going to have to explain the across the stars to me. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. I mean, I've never, I've photographed a few weddings, but I've never, never heard that. In How my, cool is that? In my head, when um, when my future bride walks down the aisle, I mean, I'd love to chuck in the Imperial March just for just for the lulls and the banter. They had that uh, on the way out. They had uh, that on oh, the way. Mate, out. I'm not going to be on the way in, flanked by those stormtrooper bridesmaids, and then in comes the <laughs> uh, the Sith Lord. But um, yeah, across the stars, you know me. That's my favourite piece of music from Star Wars because it's it's beautiful, yearning love. It's beautiful, it and that's. Uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that the wedding itself was a success and that you were a success, but topped off with some Star Wars music. 
You don't get any better than that, does it? No, it doesn't get any better, mate, boy. It doesn't get any better. Well, unless, I don't know, unless you you, you want some Star Wars news, maybe. Your, your, I don't know. Your, your heroes. Well, <laughs> we can do that because in the background, our friend Big Ben Kenobi is a feist stuff with his chimes, which we know only means one thing, my friend. It must mean, my boy, it's Galactic News Round, 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 Round. At the recent PlayStation Showcase event, Sony confirmed that Aspire will be producing a Knights of the Old Republic remake that will be available for PS5 as a launch exclusive. No details were given for other consoles. At the recent Florida Supercon, Hayden Christensen was spotted wearing an Obi-Wan Kenobi stuntman baseball cap whilst posing for fans and signing autographs. A vintage 22-year-old copy of the Phantom Menace Souvenir Guide was found and purchased by our friends at Phanthatrax from a WH Smith store in Essex, England, our home county, costing £4.99. It successfully scanned for purchase after all these years. And Tom Kane, the voice behind Yoda in The Clone Wars and many, many more voices in the galaxy, has sadly been forced to retire after suffering a stroke that has severely impacted his ability to communicate. Hi, this is Jamie Dew from the Duel of the Fates audio series, and you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Much is always made in Star Wars by the writers, the creators, and certainly the fans about legacy, whether it's the legacy of a character, the legacy of an individual movie, or the legacy of a trilogy. And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. We all know the legacy of the OT. We might do. We all know the legacy of the prequel. We may do. What is the legacy of the sequel trilogy? Or what will it become? in years to come because we know let's all right disclaimer the sequel trilogy has only been a complete thing for just just around two years now just under two years we are aware of that so as we're going into that this discussion please know that we are also aware that this hasn't had 40 years to ferment or 15 to 15 years two decades to ferment we're aware of that however we wanted to give some thoughts and opinions on what the legacy of the sequel trilogy would be and that's exactly what this episode is all about it's just us free ball in what we think based on our thoughts and opinions but also you know the general consensus so uh lukey boy this is a pretty filthy uh, discussion we thought and um what first, i mean first and foremost your opinions on the sequel trilogy as a whole probably should get that out there first well well i, I just wanted before that i just wanted to say Ooh. cheeky shout to luke summerfield oh who, of course who obviously asked this as a patreon question a couple of weeks ago and uh, we kind of, we, we could have given, we, we usually give Patreon answers in that section in the bit about Bantina. But with this, we felt like it was such, it's such a complex question that it deserves its own main show, right? Yeah. We can't guarantee that this happens all the time, but it's it's such a good question. The legacy of the sequel trilogy. In general, Matty Boy, I have such a fondness for the sequels because they were the return of star wars 
mm-hmm. for so long to answer your question. They, yeah. were, they were the return of Star Wars, particularly The Force Awakens. The memories that go hand in hand with these films, for me personally, are very powerful. The very powerful emotions, you know, at the start of the sequel trilogy, I wasn't married. And by the end, I was married. You know, during that time, I was I was courting, you know, my lovely lady. Um, I've had family stuff go on. I've had I've had loads of things. I've moved into my own place. So naturally, because Star Wars is such a big deal to me, I these things kind of go hand in hand. Right. That's Mm -hmm. not going to be the case for everyone. So I think I want to say that first because I I feel like I have emotional investment in this project, in the sequel trilogy. Um, for the most part, I have very, very, very happy memories. And I think it goes in the order that they, they were released. The Force Awakens is my favorite. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi is my second favorite. The Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite. There's, that doesn't mean there's bits that I hate in all of those there's and and there's bits that i don't love in all of those right uh, that i love in all of those they the films aren't perfect they're not perfect and yeah. it's hard to sometimes decide which is which right it's because we're so invested in this stuff and that's why i think so many people or well i say so many people well a lot of people did come a, a, away from the sequel trilogy not enjoying it mm-hmm. right yeah, no, I agree, mate. And so where I'm, and this is where I want to start, mate, where I'm coming from, I'm I'm emotionally invested in, in this trilogy, but it's not in a hateful way. You know, mm-hmm. that's not really me. I'm not, I'm not coming away from this saying, oh, that was a waste of time, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm coming away with it, com- in it with a completely different attitude. Whereas for many people, or for some people, however way you want to look at it, um, it it did not live up. It did yeah. not live up to the expectation at all, at all. So we're going to try, as as we do here on the sessions, we are going to try and be balanced, and we're going to try and be fair because I yep. think we lean a certain way sometimes. But also, mate, boy, you and I, we you know we we will say what we think. Yes, we will say, but that doesn't mean we're like haters or or like um, blind lovers, right? <laughs> No, so. no, you're right, mate. Um, we, we all we knew that going in that you know there there are many times on these episodes in the in the course of the last 128 episodes that we've done. Uh, this is one two nine, of course, that we've we've spoken of our dissatisfaction with certain elements of the new th- uh, the three new films in the sequel trilogy. We've also done that of the OT, oh, shock horror, and we've certainly done that of the prequels as well. It's not mm-hmm. something which we reserve simply for the sequel trilogy. Um, and I think it's important to men- uh, to know what you said there as well, because my relationship with the sequel trilogy is also it is tied tied into life as well. And I think that's why people um, that's why people hold so many of these films in such high esteem as well. I mean, how many people have how many times have you heard the phrase "You've ruined my childhood" because you know oh, people word. grew up with the original trilogy. Those films are so intrinsically tied with growing up, playing with the toys, playing with your friends. You know. It's a different time back then, so you know that three-year build-up wasn't punctuated with social media, uh, news articles, speculation. It was between you and your friends in the playground or on the telephone. Uh, so I get that, but it's it's nothing new of the sequels. Like you say, I when um, the Force Awakens came out, um, mm. the Force Awakens came out. My my daughter wasn't born. 
uh, I had to actually check that in my head. Then I was like, oh my gosh, when was she born? But yeah, but then <laughs> but on the on the day that she was born, God uh, bless her, she was born in uh, in the early evening on uh, in mm. in May of 2016. In to pass the time during the day, uh, I watched The Force Awakens, and as soon as as soon as the film finished, it was time to get the hospital bag and go. It was almost like the Force willed me to finish that film, and then the clock was started ticking. So wow. I have memories of that. Every I film. Didn't know I, that. It's true. Every every film I've seen was, uh, you know, always um, went hand in hand with a good memory. So, like yourself, um, there's there's life things attached to it, good and bad, of course. So yeah. I'm going in with that, but also I'm going in with my horribly pretentious film critic hat on as well sometimes, but um, which I can't help sometimes. But yeah, I. But that's my your. Overall, but that's, that's your thing, bag. mate, boy. That that's is your bag. thing. That is your skill. That for is me, your for me, my eye is critical. Luke's eye is passion. We, and together, we make it work. The passionate eye, the critical eye, it works. So mm. my overall thoughts on this trilogy aren't any really any different to yours. It's not new. This is more for people who are coming into the sessions for the first time. I love The Force Awakens so much. Um, the film as well as the hype. I really, really love mm. The Last Jedi as well. Not so sure when I first saw it. Very quickly after it came around. Rise of Skywalker. I'm coming around to it, but it's still... You know, it's not new to say I'm still very disappointed of how a lot of that film went, but I still watch it more than most because it's, it's so rewatchable because it's just it is. go, go, go. So, um, yeah, so mm. there's, a lot, there's a lot of emotional attachment, but we are going to be as balanced and as fair. It's not going to be a bashing session. We're not going to sit there and say, episode nine is the worst thing to happen. Nothing like that at all. We want to talk about now these films are out. What is the legacy now? What could it be going forward when the time comes? So, because... Um, because there's there's a few ways to look at this right there's a few ways to look at this financially i i I was meant to say this actually um a few shows ago but financially the force awakens is the biggest film of all time in britain so in our Mm -hmm. country it's bigger than endgame um and avatar and it's the same in the united states in a lot of the english-speaking world right in the anglosphere um, the Force Awakens episode seven is the biggest film of all time. It was time. a literal force, wasn't it? It really, and it, it really, really it, was. It, it is, and it was right because nothing has topped it yet. However, right. globally, I think with emerging markets like China, China, and India, other places, it's it. Star Wars just doesn't hit the same. There's just not that nostalgia. There's not that history there. It's the cultural but, side of it as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's worth noting. Uh, Financially, the legacy of the sequels is pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, Mm -hmm. it's worth noting this, Matty Boy, and I think this is worth noting. There's a a lot of, um, what should I say, Um, variables in this, mate. Mm -hmm. But The Force Awakens was a huge, absolutely huge film. It's like over $2 Dollars was it or less? Force Awakens was two billion two zero six four billion dollars. Right, it was a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Right, and so uh, Force Awakens brought that in. Expectedly, the middle chapter usually does uh, less, a lot yeah. less, that but still a lot. One point three three still- one billion. At the time, Last Jedi was still like I think a top ten um, oh, film God, of all yeah. time. Yeah, so Last Jedi comes out. Now, what happens with every other trilogy, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, they come in with more money than the middle chapter, 
because it's the end. Everyone wants, everyone wants to see the end. What's interesting is the Rise of Skywalker didn't do that. No. It didn't do that. That made um, 1.02 billion, which was only, I say only, only is 17 million more than Rogue One made. Yes, right. Right. It was around, it was a similar um, amount to what Joker brought in, if my memory serves. You ran about, so yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because Joker is obviously a lot more of an adult orientated film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Star Wars is family. So you can look at that a few ways, right? Because there was Rogue One that came in, there was Solo. There's, like I said, many variables, probably too many to go over now and, and, and for us to do in a justifiable way, because we're not accountants, we're not mathematicians, and we're not, we're not <laughs> film industry to experts. Speak does not make us intelligent. Yeah, well, maybe you probably, to be honest, you probably have maybe a bit more of an insight into this kind of thing, because like you said earlier, you're way more clued up in, 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 in the film industry, right? And like what, mm-hmm. n- what certain films and franchises get. I mean, financially, because I'm getting this out of the way first. Do you think it was a su- success, failure, the sequel trilogy in general? What, what are you saying? It was a massive success. Three films grossed nearly $5 billion. That's a huge success. There was diminishing returns. So uh, if you want to look at a financial level, it made, it made a, ton of money possibly more than i would have expected probably thanks to the force awakens but on the other hand yeah. you do have to look at the fact that there was diminishing returns more so from episode eight to nine you know if when, when a film grosses over two billion you're going to expect it to drop by whatever it was it dropped by so that was 700 million 600 million are you that's understandable what they probably weren't expecting is episode nine to underperform in terms of not getting too close to the prior chapter however that, that, no. that, then that's also digging into that minutiae. The films made big bank. The films made yeah, all three of them. And, and let's also, I know it's not part of the sequels, but you know, Rogue One also made over a billion. So that, it, that was unreal. So the films are, you know, commercially very successful. I mean, even the critically, The Force Awakens sits at 93% on RT. These are the critic scores, 91 for The Last Jedi. And, you know, it's well documented, 52 for the rise of Skywalker, but then 86% of the fans like that. So the first two chapters certainly were well loved by the critics and the fans, maybe not the second one, but we'll get into that. Uh, whereas the third <laughs> one had a flip, you know, the critics, not so much the fans. Yes. So critically not bad. You know, they were, they were better received than the prequel trilogy were uh, at the time. And mm-hmm. they made a lot more money than most films coming out. Only the rise of Skywalker didn't top the, the year end charts when it came out. I think it finished about fifth or sixth, but you know, the bringing in that kind of money could never, ever be called a failure. Yes, diminishing returns, but you could never say three films each grossing at least a billion in the same trilogy. You don't see that very often in many other IPs. It's not a failure. It's not no. a failure. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, The Rise of Skywalker did break a pattern. Mm-hmm. And it didn't earn what I think it should have. You know, or could have the, as well. Or could have, yes, yep. could have, yes. So obviously, it was it was a huge success. The Rise of Skywalker at the cinemas, it, it did do well. It could have done better. So it's trying to figure out well, why was that? I, it's hard to put it down to one thing. I do. I feel like there was bad marketing, maybe. 
Um, but also I think some sort of fatigue with Star Wars. That's a really broad statement and it's hard to capture everything in that. And I think you'd need to write an essay on it to be, to be frank. Um, but when there are other franchises, you know, bringing in $2 billion films at the end of that or more at the end of their story, the end of their respective story, but Star Wars being the other way around, starting off very strong, but ending with half of that. Yeah, you do have to ask a question. You have to go, hang on, what what went wrong here? What mm-hmm. happened, right? And like I said, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables, but it's interesting. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that, mate? I think, well, I, I'm going to disagree on the on the marketing, because I think the Rise of Skull actually had really good marketing, and they pulled out, if anything, it was too good, because it ramped everyone's expectations up so much. They played that trailer at Celebration, the lights go up, the lights come back on, McDermott is standing on stage, roll it again. Mm. Oh my God, it's the Emperor, and he's back. Yeah, and then you know we we have our thoughts <laughs> on that. But and the final trailer, everyone remembers that music. We're all pumped. It's like okay, this this looks like it could be pretty pretty big, pretty epic. So I think the yeah, market was good. The fatigue is another one. I've never bought into fatigue with any franchise because I think that I think that comes down to a lot of an individual um basis because i'm you know i generally am of the case of give me all of the star wars and then and then i'll decide what, like we've said i'll decide what i like about it or not we've got all these shows coming out on d plus am i going to like all of them hopefully i want to but you know maybe maybe i like some more than others but i'm not going to get <laughs> tired we, of the f- can, can we just appreciate my boy said d plus yeah I'm, I'm in with i'm in with uh uh Iger and shapek now me and d plus but um but look, I'm not going to get tired of that next year we're having the Bad Batch and probably Andor and Kenobi uh, and whatever else is coming out. You know, give it to me, man. But um, there, but no, I, I certainly agree that it's not just one thing. There isn't just one thing which will uh, contribute to the overarching legacy um, of it. Now, to some people, it will only be positive things. To other people, it will be negative things. Um, for me, the, the first thing I can think of is to, when I look back at the sequels, it's going to be the overarching question of what if you know the we know the the, the p word planning. Uh, we've mentioned it ad nauseum before, but I do think I'll always look back and think what if you know what if JJ Ryan Kathy at the time Colin sat down together in a room with Larry Caston and said we've got to hit these beats across all three films to start the middle and end. We don't deviate from that, but you can add your own flavour and spice in between. If I just wish that had happened. Let let Ryan be creative. Let JJ be creative, and and Colin Trevorrow. But have given beats to hit. You know, give them those moments that they have to hit. Um, which is, I think, how mm. other IPs do it, and it works. It's not taking away creativity. It's just making sure that certain things get hit. Uh, I, I wish they'd done that. Uh, so for me, the first thing is the planning and the whole mystery box as well. JJ is notorious for his mystery box. It's great for building up speculation because we've made a podcast out of it to start with, but. Um, it does become very irritating when those questions aren't answered or the the points that are raised, major moments, are then kind of left for other people to pick up the pieces. So for me, the the first, I, I'm always going to look back and think, as much as I love this entire trilogy, because I do, what if, man? That's my first moment, like planning and what if. It's the obvious one, but it's the elephant in the room, which has been attributed to me before, but I've got to get it out there. No, mate, I totally agree with that. I mean, weren't we joking even the other day about the Skywalker saber? <laughs> like, yeah, we were. Probably whilst we was having the curry. 
<laughs> yeah, we were like, yeah, good, good question good for question. another time. Yeah, another time. Like, oh, good right, okay. Someone else. Yeah, right. Fair enough. So yeah, I don't just mind not, leaving story strands um, out there because because the original Star Wars did that. Maybe maybe it wasn't yeah. as obvious with the whole oh, we fought in the Clone Wars. I don't, you know, maybe that wasn't meant to become something. But there are sort of bigger issues which were left unattended to in these three films, which is a shame. And also, we got to remember we're adults watching this. Yes, we are adults watching this, and we're adults talking about this, and we're adults reasoning with this. Yes. Um, yeah. Children look at things completely different, completely different. And when, when you, when you think of the prequels, you know, some of the gaps in the prequels, you just didn't really care about, about them, did you? You just no, didn't. Of course not. No. You weren't bothered by it. And I think there's a lot of that too. And now we're, we're adults. We look retrospectively at the original trilogy, at the prequel trilogy and go, yeah, well, you know, that was then. Yeah. That's fine. That's what it we've grown fine up with. Then. That's it's fine now. That's canon. That's gospel. We know we uh, know that canon. exists. Now yep. we're older and we've got these new projects coming out. We're way more critical. Why? Mm-hmm. Why are we critical, Matt? Because we're grumpy cynical. old men. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're grumpy. We are grumpy old men. And, you know, we've gone through life's experiences and we can go, oh, well, that wouldn't happen. Rah, 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 rah. And actually... It's not that deep, mate. No. It's not that deep. Obviously, there needs to be canonical um, flow and consistency, but also you're going to get new stuff. Every single Star Wars film gives us new stuff, new things. If they don't, you, you, you have to question it. You have to go, mm-hmm. well, what was new? That's yeah. very George Lucas too. Very, very, very George Lucas. And this is where... I'm kind of going into, because we've mentioned already how successful The Force Awakens was across the board. There were some criticisms criticisms about it being a love letter to the original trilogy or super similar to A New Hope. There are similar beats. I can still argue that. I can obviously still see the similarities, but it's way more of a love letter to the whole original trilogy as opposed to, you know, A New Mm -hmm. Hope. So anyway, anyway. The Last Jedi, episode eight. Yeah. They did something different. They did something different. And I think what Ryan brought to the table was absolutely sensational in concept. In concept. I'm going to say that first, right? Mm-hmm. The Force Dyad, that, Matty boy, that is genius. The Force Skype, Force Dyad, yep. It's, it's genius. It is absolutely genius, and I think it was. It gave, it gave the sequel trilogy purpose. Mm-hmm. It gave, it, gave the it something trilogy. exclusive, almost, didn't it? Yes, yes, precisely. Because it's not been seen. This thing hasn't been seen for generations and generations. And actually, I want to revisit this shortly because. The choices in The Last Jedi, I think, give the sequel trilogy more gravitas, more weight. And as time goes on, I'm starting to see, well, really, this force dyad, this force bond, that's the whole point. That is the whole point of this sequel trilogy. The relationship between Kylo and Rey, they are the main characters of this trilogy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's. I feel like it's become more clear. I feel like it's become more clear now. And also because we love this franchise, we buy into this story. Yeah, there we go. But The Last Jedi definitely split people. 
It really did split people. That was not the film some people expected at all. And I tell you, I tell you what, mate, boy, I get it because I walked out of that cinema thinking, not sure how I feel about parts oh, of that. Same, yep. right? Yeah, but the difference is, how did you react when you when when you got home? You didn't, uh, you know. That's what the, what this what this um, the legacy is. Also, is it did expose completely the fragility within this fandom. You know, this society, mate. And the society, you know, people calling for George Lucas to return, having spent years hating him, but now denying that they never did. They never wrote those songs and never wrote those posts. It's embarrassing. And the discourse surrounding the SD has been some of the, the saddest stuff I've ever read, read from human beings. Just got to get out there now. Like Lucas, it ain't that deep. We love it. You love it. The kids love it. We all love it. But it ain't that deep, you know. I, I came out of The Last Jedi to confused. I now love it. I love that Ryan did something different. He tried something. And to yes. be honest, there wasn't any, what Ryan did with those characters wasn't really anything different than what JJ did. But people seem to ignore that. The legacy also falls on the expectations of the characters or their, or what we think and what they have of each other. Ray, the English Rose, she wasn't interested in oh. just being Luke Skywalker. She wanted to be something else. Uh, well, Finn, Finn wasn't interested in being a hero. He wanted to run away, and it wasn't until the end of the Last Jedi where it became apparent that maybe that was his calling. He didn't. He was never a hero to start with, in in the traditional sense that you'd think, oh, he's left the the bad guys to become a goodie. No, he didn't want to become a goodie. Either. He just wanted to get get out of there. Uh, Poe Poe can't grasp responsibility to save his life until the very end of the Last Jedi um, uh, and Rise of Skywalker, when he realizes that maybe again this is his calling. But even then, he doubts himself. He isn't the confident, swashbuckling pilot, which we'd expect him to be. Han Solo isn't the mentor. Obi-Wan was because he had the wisdom, the gravitas, the patience, the knowledge. Han Solo wasn't a mentor. You know, as much as we call him the Obi-Wan, and he's not a mentor. He can't do that. He never wanted to be. It's the expectations. Oh, he's the mentor. Han Solo wasn't a mentor. Kylo wants to be the bad guy. We expect him to be the bad guy because he's got the helmet on. He's got the red saber. That's what we expect. Darth Vader had that molded. But Kylo can't commit to being bad. So all of these characters, you know, there's the expectations of the stereotype, but they all shun them somewhat. And I think that is also the legacy, which gets under uh, appreciated sometimes that, yes, we can look at them as cookie-cutter characters, but there's more to them behind the mask or behind the behind the eyes because they're not quite what we expect them to be or or believe they should be. And I think, I think that's great. And that did start in The Force Awakens. Ryan carried that on and then... The Rise of Skull kind of made things like, sort of cemented them more to where they need to be, but that's also part I mean, of the legacy. We get interesting characters which aren't quite the stereo. Mm. They're not quite. Oh, we you could put the pigeonhole them as there's Luke Han and Leia of this trilogy, but they're not. They've their own personalities, and it's not quite what we as an audience expect. So I I, I like that for the characters. Whether again, I still think they possibly needed more development. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Almost most most of them did, but I love the fact that they weren't quite. You know, Kylo wasn't just the bad guy. Ray wasn't just Luke Skywalker and this, that, and the other now. Yes, I agree. And it needed to be that. And there's a tendency, I think, in the West to maybe put these kind of characters on a pedestal and, yeah. and to almost make them into idols. Do you know what I mean? Like with, yeah, with no, Han Solo, with Han Solo, for example. Now, what's interesting is in other stories, even old Western mythology that comes from Greece or biblical um um yeah accounts mm -hmm. yeah. that's the word i was looking for um but particularly in like 
Japanese culture and anime. You know, these heroes can be on top, but later down the line, they be- you're seeing like a different side to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think maybe we're not used to that. Because in a lot of our stories that are in the Anglosphere, particularly led by American culture, is, oh, once a hero, always the hero. Yeah. Never that's age, it. never it's change. Like, no, that's not really – that's very much a insular, like, bubble like way to look at life and look at people and look at characters. You know, not everyone is always a hero. Not everyone – it's like with comedians, isn't it? You know, most comedians – are extremely funny people, very emotionally intelligent people, but they have the weight of their world on their shoulders. A lot of them struggle with mental health, mm-hmm. right? That's that's very, very, very common. But a lot of people don't know that, or they don't really choose to look at it. You know, they're not really bothered at looking at that. And I think with these characters in the sequel trilogy, it gave us a different dynamic. It gave us almost like a more of a real a real attraction to Star Wars, a real mm-hmm. attraction to the saga, yeah. because these people were maybe a little bit more relatable on paper. Now, what's interesting is it it it, it became, I think, clear, Mayboy, that there wasn't a cohesive plan mm-hmm. because maybe a few choices of the characters were used on one film and then chucked away for the other. I always look at Hux, right? It uh. Hux is such a strong villain in The Force Awakens yep. because his strength is that he clearly believes this stuff. Yeah. He's unpredictable as well, I think. He clearly loves the First Order, the ideology of the First Order, of the Empire, the Remnant, right? He is on that side and he's sticking to it. That's his story. In The Last Jedi... It feels like it's a completely different character. I've yeah. always said that. And listen, I'm not a Last Jedi hater, but it's not my favorite Star Wars. I see a lot of fault in that film, personally. It doesn't really flow for me. Um, but there are parts of it that are my favorite parts in the whole saga. In the whole saga. There's a good like 20 minutes of that film that I think is near perfect mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, but then there are other bits around it that I just like, hmm... No, mm, Hux don't know. in the Battle of Crate feels more like the Force Awakens Hux when it's him and Kylo on the bridge of that um, Gorilla Walker, and they're kind of they're going against, going at each other. But Hux feels a bit more, you know, he he feels a bit more commanding, you know, when he's you know when he's screaming, you know, oh, that's enough and fighting, and, you know, it feels yes, more. That's true. And then when he's sneering at Kylo through the door as he's looking at the dice, that felt more like Hux. But yes, yeah, for that's the rest true. of the film. It didn't really, did it? No, we it, did an episode it, on that. Go listen to it. It's did, great. Yes, we did actually. It's a good episode. <laughs> we did. How to solve a problem like Hux, right? That's it. Is that the <laughs> title? Yeah, yes, it. We we love it. We love it. But no, that's just one of the issues, right? And again, uh, Rose being uh, thrown thrown off in episode nine. That's a big deal, Matt. That's, yeah, that is, is deal. that is that a is real bad on many a, levels. That is a huge letdown, and I think it's almost inexcusable. Yep, I really do, mate. You I really come into do. fight with us. I've got to read maps. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for turning up it. to all the junkies as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think that is an absolute Mickey take. I know a lot of people weren't happy with Finn's character by the end. They mm-hmm, weren't yeah. happy with it. Um, and particularly people who are meant to relate to Finn, maybe. Yep. In a real life way, you know. I think they felt let down. A lot of people. They were like, "Yeah, that's not really like." 
the the story that we were looking for <laughs> you yeah. know and i get it i get it i really do get it um and that's that is unfortunate whereas i think on the other hand now to be a bit more optimistic and upbeat i think the irony here matty boy is that so many people adore the character of kylo ren and ben solo mm-hmm. oh, gotcha. they're fascinated by him yeah. they're interested by him and it's almost like sometimes of kylo they took a bit more of a risk on a few things mm-hmm. and no, the risk did. was almost like rewarded because that felt like that part of the story was like oh that's star warsy mm-hmm. that feels right he's he's part of this family drama which is star wars right that it's a it's a mm-hmm. family it's all about. Soap opera that's what george lucas used to say right so what do you reckon, mate? No, you're right, mate. They gave us a, a villain who was genu- genuinely uh, conflicted about, you know, what his where he lay. Not necessarily that he wanted to become good again, but he couldn't ever shake that from his personality. Um, plus, on in the last Jedi, once he slices Snoke in half, you know, he's like, <laughs> join, join me, we can rule the galaxy together. And oh. He doesn't say, he doesn't say like, join me, and we can. We can enslave the galaxy in the in the name of the first order and make it horrible. He's saying, like, you know, "Join me, you and me together." He's he's putting his hand out to the protagonist, and he's not necessarily saying. Then, um, even in the lift, he's like, "You know, I've I've seen this, and you'll be the one who turns." He's not necessarily saying like, "Join the dark side," because he says, "Let the past die." He's saying, "Join me, join me." So uh, there's so much interesting stuff to do with Kylo and Ben and. I get, I get why they offed him in the Rise of Skywalker. I don't get why they didn't give him any lines other than "oh." Mm. But I get why they had to do that. But I, you know, kind of wish that they hadn't, so we could have got mm-hmm. more of like you know, like I've always wanted to see after nine. I'd love to see how Ray mentally got, copes with the this trauma or everything that happened to her character in the last like year, two years canonically. Um, and then obviously with the loss of Ben Solo, I would have also liked to see that with Ben because obviously you know he's coming back. Um, his 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 mother is gone. His father is gone. You know, everyone's gone. You know how right. he would have reacted to that, and his uncle, of course. But you know, we we won't get that. And you know, I I, I get that. I understand. But I do agree that his was the most consistently well developed character. He was the most interesting character out of the entire bunch. And we got a lot of good characters, though. I mean, a lot of the characters are memorable in their own little ways. And another legacy of the entire sequel trilogy for me is uh, it gave the girls of the galaxy a little bit more to do, a bit more power. Leia yes. is now a force of hope and inspiration throughout the films. She always was in the OT, but now, you know, older, wiser Leia, she, you know, people look up to her throughout. You know, she is the guiding light. She's the leader of the resistance. You know, sorry for people out there, but Admiral Holdo gets the job done in The Last Jedi when she's telling Poe, you know, I'm not telling you the plan because, you know, what what commander in the army tells their subordinates to plan? None. This is all that's happening there. Uh, And she got the job done. She sacrificed herself to take out the um, the dreadnought, the supremacy, in one of the the most visually stunning scenes of, of the decade. Um, Rose, my girl, Rose Tico, she pushes Finn to be better. I said earlier on that Finn just wanted to get out of there. He wanted to get out of Dodge. It's Rose who pushes him to be a better person and, you know, brings him to the resistance and to that way of thinking. Ray goes through her own problems and issues before she comes to terms of herself. So, um, so we get more, um, representation from that sense as well. Plus they're just great characters as well. And there's many more as well throughout, but so that's the legacy as well with some good characters, some decent representation. 
Um, and the return of practical effects, we always had that in the prequels. Oh, bro. We always had it, but we they assimilated the CGI with actual effects. And in terms of the sequels, you know, the, it, it brought us back into that. I'm not saying we wouldn't have got the volume without the sequels, because that's that's um, hogwash. We still would have done. But, you know, it's it feels to me like that's kind of like a goes hand in hand with what the sequels did meshed practical effects and locations with uh integrated that with cg and animation kind of similar to, and then on the volumes doing on a smaller scale using the um using the unreal engine i believe and obviously then they build around that so yeah it, that's it, right it made us realize that you can have a big budget film in space and still have it set you know, in practical locations as well. And it felt tangible. It felt real. You know, I believe that they were in that jungle in AJ and Kloss. I didn't think that they were in, you know, Black Park in Slough or wherever it was in, in Surrey in England. I felt like they were in this tropical planet in a galaxy far, far away because of the clever way they incorporated CG and um, locations. That's not new to like, just Star Wars, but it felt like a return to form in terms of filmmaking for Star Wars. So I think the visual aspect, so the legacy looking back is, you know, for me, they nailed the look. Most characters for the most part, but they nailed the look. And I think they had to. It would have been very easy to go, um, you know, to use the technology that ILM and George Lucas pioneered, basically. But, you know, I like how they, they scaled things back a bit and um, and went big on practical. Yeah. Yes, definitely. They did. And I, I think coming from the prequel era, like we're so grateful for the prequels for what they did. You know, they changed filmmaking and technology in their own right. However, they don't always look great. They don't. Like there mm-hmm. is overuse of blue screen, green screen, CG. A lot of it hasn't aged well. Some of it's aged well. Um, but generally the sequel trilogy and really this era of Star Wars, you know, Rogue One, Solo, Mando, oh mate, they are head and shoulders above anything else that's mm-hmm. kind of going for fantasy, that's going for effects, you know, it's just, <laughs> they look ridiculous and mixed in with these wonderful stories, these, this, this modern mythology, I think it's, it feels unbeatable. You know, I feel like that, and but I would feel like that because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> but I really, I, 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 despite these issues, despite little bits in storytelling that I don't particularly like, you know, I watch these films. I, I have so much fun with them, Matt. I think yeah, they're that's so it. they're so watchable for me. And I think as time goes on. You know the the rise of Skywalker at times. If I'm being if I'm being really honest, the rise of Skywalker at times feels a bit like a wound for me mm-hmm. personally. I adore that film for certain reasons, for more personal reasons. I particularly love the uh, Ben and Kylo moment on the Death Star wreckage. Ben I think that home, is yeah. it's almost like flawless. Yeah, it's like perfect, right? Perfectly done. And I think the only other thing with that film is like, it didn't land it for me how it should have. Right. But with time, you know, time's a great healer, isn't it? Mm -hmm. With time, I'm starting to think, well, it is what it is. That that's Canon. That's, that's, that is the story. And with like what Clone Wars did with the prequels, other material will fill in blanks for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I think with time, We'll go, yeah, well, this is it. This is the thing. And I think there'll be more weight, even more weight 
to the sequel trilogy. And I'm here for it, mate. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, that is also the legacy is yet to be revealed fully because of what you've just said. Let's see what stories come from this era in future years. How are the kids now going to react in a decade like the prequel boys did? You know, the prequel prequelists are out in force now defending those films after they've been beaten down for the last, well, 15, 16 years. Now they're old enough now to say, no, these are our films, you know, back off, granddad. We love these things. And it'll be the same with the sequel films as well. There'll be the kids now, but let's be fair, they've got more of a voice on socials, but who will be banging the drum for for the next decade until we get the next trilogy, whether that's 10, 11, 12 or not. But they've already started filling in those blanks and people have already said, oh, they're just, yeah, they're just putting a plaster on a Band-Aid. But... You know, the Clone Wars did that and look what it did for the prequels. I mean, Resistance wasn't ever meant to be, you know, wasn't meant to um, fill in the blanks necessarily. That was just a fun little story set alongside, which played into the main story. I do think we are going to get some kind of series or more stories based in and around that time. We we, we believe the Mando is possibly, looks like it is, and the Bad Batch, you know, starting to fill in little moments uh, alluding to Palpatine. But... It, the question, obviously, is how you know when. When are they going to have the the chutzpah and the confidence to be able to go back and say, right, no, now we are. We we hear what people say and think and the divisiveness, but you know this is this is the trilogy we made. We're proud of it. We are going to set our next animated series or something or live action in that era, and we're going to start building this world out now. So yeah, um, that will be exciting. I agree. Yes, because it's like you said, it's not done. It's not done. And I think, you know, just just jumping on your point with with kind of like the reception from people, we do live in a time, unfortunately, where everyone has access to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these social media sites and platforms. And people like people talk online like they don't in person. People Do you know awful. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm telling you, Matty boy, without, cause we, we're not a political podcast. We're family friendly, but without getting too serious, like, people are so brave online. They're so brave. And it's like, mate, well, you would you not brave. talk to you people brave, like that. It's cowardly. I know what you mean, but you know, hiding behind an avatar of, you know, something which is nondescript and then with a, with eight numbers in your name, calling somebody all names under the sun. Yes, you know, you're like right. You say, you're not going to go. Man, I was talking know. about. I, I'm kind of yeah. using the word in more like the street sense. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, or, I know exactly. You know, because us all been a couple YouTubers. of hood big YouTubers. You know, people with the ability to spout nonsense to a wider scale. We say, okay, have your opinion, but you know, say it when the time comes. Where, you know, would you? You know, would you really say this if needs be, or would you? Or when it's, I've seen certain instances where. YouTubers have had things explained to them by those in the know or in the actual production companies and their faces kind of drop when they're like, Oh, <laughs> I can't really argue with that. Uh, Oh no. Um, my audience will see through me. So uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. People are very brave now online, which is, which is sad. If you can't, you know, yeah. don't say it. Also, what's the point of being mean? You know, one of the main legacy, one of the main legacies of the sequel jumping on that is, is hope and love. So let's, you know, use that, in our day-to-day lives you know you can hate you can not like stuff but don't let that become your you know your overarching um quality and sometimes this is hard to do but if you love something and you know you're enjoying it then you know more power to you do you know what i mean like just uh, like you don't always need to focus on what everyone else thinks of it like come to your own conclusion 
and stand by that. And we, fortunately, a lot of people in our circle, like, do that and i don't argue about it we have people who hate the last jedi listen to our podcast we have mm-hmm. people that love the last jedi listen to our podcast and if only more people were like that yeah. <laughs> you know, if only you know you don't have to be on one side or the other you, know, you don't, what and, you don't and, like and start telling and, us what you do like right and i feel like actually that's a more free way of thinking it do you is, know what i mean yeah. it, like you know just Take what you like from it and you don't reason make as much money with it. From that, but let's, that's a story, well, a good story for another time. Well, Matty Boy's clearly hinting. <laughs> I'm, talk- I'm talking about. I'm talking about like just general people, well, yeah, like and YouTube general comment. You don't yes. get much clout online as well. It's much easier to say something controversial, even if you don't believe it, including in your yeah, Twitter comments true. or whatever. Um, Bro, but- I, Matty Boy, I do not know how some of these people have the time to be on Twitter so much. I know, I don't we've said this, it. haven't we? We've said this. I don't we? get it. Where do they get the time? Like, what do you do? What do you uh, do with your life? Well, I think there's the, uh, the million dollar question. <laughs> what do we do with your life? And again, we're not working out now. We sound like we're preaching to the choir. Oh, you shouldn't hate things. I know. Do what you want, so- whatever. Just, but we're not. We don't care. But we're here to. We, we're just we here. don't care. If you hate the sequels, that's fine. We're not going to tell you you're wrong just because we like them. It's obviously we always wanted. To, we always want to engage in conversation. Now, what what is it about them you don't like? Maybe you can. Maybe you could. You know, open our eyes to new things. You know, but be prepared. We'll tell you that. Actually, no, I did like that moment. That's what we're here for. And like I said the, the legacy is hope. Throughout, it's all about hope. You know, hope is like the sun. Uh, love can save the day. That's nothing new to film. But, you know, that was similar to the original trilogy. I mean, even in The Rise of Skywalker, Lando's like, Poe's like, how did you do it? How did you beat the odds? And he's like, well, we, we had each other. He's like, you know, we, we had each other. Yeah. You know, we were friends. We, you know, that's what it's all about. And the expectation of the sequels is no different than the prequels. So it's not, and that's no different. People expected something of the prequels. They maybe didn't get it. People then expected something of the sequels and maybe they didn't get it. Maybe the legacy is that, you know, Star Wars will never be what everybody wants it to be. No, it won't. It's too big. It's too big, and it's not. And we see history. You know, maybe I love. I loves a bit of history. Loves history loves the building. Yeah, I do. I do. And historically, you know, history repeats itself, and that's what's going to happen. Is kids that love these films who grew up with these films are in a few years' time, they're going to be like, "Hey, you know, back off, <laughs> back <laughs> off, mate." Um, and people, people. People will love it. I mean, I was talking to a um, friend only the other day who I've not seen in a while. They, they moved up to the Lake District, to Takadana. Mm. Um, nice. And anyway, I was, I was speaking to his name's Stuart, and I was speaking to Stuart, Stuart. And he was saying, like, as well, I think a lot more people are um, interested in Star Wars, particularly maybe more girls, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that's that's lovely to see too. It's you know, and I think, And I think, like, ultimately, May Boy... I think what, 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 when you think of the sequel trilogy, you know, I don't really think of like hate or whatever. I look at it for myself. Yeah. And I go, look, I had a great time. They were there for me when I needed them. Yeah. They weren't always what I wanted, but I, I but I, I still kind of love them. I still go, oh, stick on Last Jedi. I want to watch this bit from The Last Jedi. Yeah. I want to watch The Force Awakens. I want to watch Rise of Skywalker again and see this bit and that bit. Something else someone else has pointed, pointed out on our Discord server mm-hmm. or on Twitter or on Instagram. You know, I, f- I, I do think they're very watchable. 
I do think they're very watchable. They're well-paced. They're very well-made films. Mm-hmm. Someone was saying to me, another friend was saying to me the other day, they would, if they were recommending Star Wars to someone new, they would recommend the new films, not the old ones. I can see why they say that. Isn't that I interesting? Gen- genuinely can, because, it, you know, the old films may be the best to some people, may be the best to me. Who knows? Maybe they're all just good. But they, they do carry the weight or the or, or some, well, to some people, the baggage of, be looking old being old you know yes they, whereas the new ones are, and i don't and i'm not saying that's a bad thing or knocking them for that obviously but the new films you know they're, they they feel like the films you'd go and see at the multiplex now and you know they're they're easier to get into because it's just kind of you know a common psych now that these films look i don't say they look like other films but they don't look drastically different to what to what people are used to now mate um and so if it's a good point if if you were to describe the legacy of the sequel trilogy in a few words, right, how would you describe it, mate? For me, it is hope, as I mentioned, love, representation, missed opportunity as well because of the planning and things that they could have done, which they didn't. People talk about the big three not getting back together, um, more of a cohesive storyline, but... The sequels, the first thing my daughter ever knew from Star Wars was the Porks, and she still loves them now five years later, um, well, four years later, three and a half, four. So that's what it means to me, mate. On a personal level like you, it means an awful lot. And I do love these films, regardless of what I've said about all of them at the time. Uh, I am a big fan and advocate of the sequels, what's going to come from them. But yeah, love, hope, representation, but they were missed opportunities as well, mate. What about you? I'd say, again, hope um love family family is a huge one family is just at the center of star wars all the time so family and and family for me personally Mm -hmm. you know is applies to this kind of era this kind of part of storytelling um the visual visual effects the hype (laughs) the lack of planning the frustration sometimes the filth (laughs) and really the podcast of course, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That came that came about because of the build up to the um, rebels, of course, but the build up to the Last Jedi. Like Star Star Wars has such a huge fan base from around the world now, and it's a passionate, passionate <laughs> fan base. Oh, yeah. We have our own convention. You know, we have our own shops, <laughs> our own stores. It's a very, you, you, like, people really get invested in this store. And I don't think, it, it, there are many other stories or IPs like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the sequels kind of gave us that again. It regenerated everything. It, yeah. it, it, it rebooted everything. It was like, yeah, Star Wars is here to stay, guys. And it's a force to be reckoned with in the box office. Now on TV, in cartoon shows, in merch, you name it, Star Wars is there and it's killing it. Star Wars is the one to beat. Star Wars is the team to beat. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like I'm looking at other franchises and stuff. Yeah, they've had some brilliant victories. I've smashed it. But Nah, man. Star Wars is that pinnacle. No argument. There's no argument. Legacy of the sequel trilogy, Daisy Ridley. (laughs) Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. 
Now, after that big boy discussion about big boy subjects, we're going to have a couple of big boy drinks. Uh, we're here outside our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. And the only thing I must ask is, Luke, shall we? Oh, let's do it, uh, mate. Uh, come on. Yes, uh, each week for those new and old to the show, we sit down with the greatest listeners in the galaxy, which is all of you. And we have a couple of Kef beers and we get your thoughts on our main discussions. So this week, thank you again to Luke Summerfield for the question. We wanted to know what you guys thought uh, would be the legacy of the sequels. Shane Daly, big boy Shane, legend, friend of the podcast and patron, King of Suffolk, said being 100% brutally and oh, hang on. He said brutal. Being 100% brutal and honest, though I enjoyed them in parts, I thought the whole trilogy was handled really badly. And in turn, it had a divided fan base. You know what, Shane? You're kind of not it wrong, did mate. divide the fan base, but then again, so did the prequels. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. And so did Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget yep. that. Uh, Adrian Chorley sent us this bad boy message. Let's hear it. The main legacy of the sequel trilogy will be that it made Star Wars relevant again, not just with old fans but with new ones too. It made Star Wars a more fertile ground in which more varied projects can now grow. Renewed cinematic success, which has seen the franchise taken more seriously than in the prequel era, paved the way for the massive and expensive expansion into TV that we're seeing now. The legacy is also there on the playgrounds and minds of the young my seven-year-old son returning home from his first day back at school to tell me of his friends who've played Star Wars with him in the playground and of their theories as to what may happen beyond episode nine. It was, in many ways, the renewal of a cycle, a generational rite of passage. Everyone has their trilogy, and the sequel trilogy is that for a whole new audience. And that links to the primary message I see in the three films. Our old heroes accepting the reality that the torch has to be passed, making peace with past mistakes and finding the courage to guide that new generation. A message best summed up by Yoda. We are what they grow beyond. What a brilliantly constructed voice message. That was the episode. Cheers, guys. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Perfectly said. And you know what? Adrian is, again, he's coming from it with a different perspective mm-hmm. because his kids are the right age yeah. for like their prime age for sequel trilogy. Do you know what I mean? So he's, he's coming from it from a completely different opinion. And again, that's nice. That's refreshing for us to know. Yeah. Nice one. They'd pass in the torch. Yes. They, it was necessary. Also the legacy is its last uh, score from John Williams. And he did give us some bangers in that final score. The rise of Skywalker is a belter for a score. So thank you for that, mate. Uh, Ray Skywalker, Palpatine Jedi, said, uh, they should know you should not be afraid of what anyone says about them. Do not worry about fan criticism. They need to know that they're not alone. They they learn to stick together. The sequel trilogy is so freaking good. The sequel trilogy is my favourite trilogy of all time. Never will that change. Ray Skywalker, Palpatine, is my favourite character of all time. Never will that change. She is epic. The Last Jedi is my favourite movie of all time. They will be inspired. Talking about the 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 future fans or the youth now. What how are they going to feel? They'll be inspired. Ray Skywalker, Palpatine, Jedi, fervently standing up for the sequels. We we love to see that. Ray, all your names. Thank you so so much for that. Uh, that shred of positivity in the Bantina here. Uh, and we also got another mm-hmm. voice message from the legend. We just know him as Findor Moon. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. Um, about the legacy of the sequel trilogy, I, I really think that one of the biggest takeaways is that um, you're not bound to your blood ties to your family, that, that your found family can sometimes be even more important and a stronger connection than your blood ties, that you're not defined by a bloodline um, that you have the power to shape your own destiny. And I think that's just a really beautiful message that I get from those movies. Oh, damn! Thank goodness we've got so many intelligent listeners. Because, again, it's something we didn't pick up on. The whole bloodline thing. You don't have to be this out or the other to be something, though maybe Nine told you you kind of had to. But Ray chose her own destiny at the end. That's a very important thing for a lot of people as well. So, Findor, thank you so much for sending that in, mate. That is a fantastic point. Yeah. It is a fantastic point. And I think that is always going to be something like when I talk to my friends that maybe um, they call who they call mum and dad aren't necessarily their birth parents. Of course. Yeah. Right. And same with their brothers and sisters and siblings. You know, maybe they have um, mixed fan blended families. I think this relates to a lot of people. And maybe yeah. Matty Boy, you and I don't necessarily that doesn't scream out to us, right? Exactly. That's maybe our blind spot is that we, we right. look at Ray Skywalker and think, tee hee, that's a joke. <laughs> but um, to a lot of people, that's a horribly powerful moment. And it is that, that for them is what they see in a character. And that's, that's unreal. And that is powerful stuff. Yes, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Thank I you like for Ray sending Skywalker. that in, Findor. That, that was absolutely wonderful, mate. Uh, to end this spicy bit, of the Buddha Bantina is the Swedish Jedi with this amazing message. So um, Matilda says this, so much fire messages. Number one, no one is beyond redemption. Ben, the greatest teacher failure is number two. Humanity never seems to learn from the past history repeating itself. Han, Leia, Luke, Kylo, etc. Three, we are what they grow beyond the importance of, of legacy number four no one is ever really gone finding comfort in knowing that our loved ones may leave us but not quite other than that perfect casting and acting so many fantastic characters some underused rose finn janna mm. fascinating new worlds uh, spectacular vfx and practical effects magical music no sexualization of women that's a good one and some great sense of humor droids last but not least the new aspects to the force such as the dyad <laughs> and matilda's just put in brackets here loads of flames Fire! <laughs> and f- <laughs> and force healing oh that's wicked my biggest takeaway is the english rose and adam beefcake bring bring in the dyad to life with electric chemistry yeah matilda i like agree with all of that we see eye to eye with matilda so often <laughs> i've, I've, got, I've yeah. got to do it mate oh, let's yeah, have a drink matilda mm. i've got a coffee with me today mate mm. boy we're doing an afternoon recording, tea. which is this. We, we don't usually do this, but you know, you got a tea as well. I have a tea, yes, I have a tea, and I've been Matty Boy in that to that message. Everything Matty in Boy, that was true. Matty Boy p- pushing that British stereotype. We love absolutely, it, you know? mate. Absolutely. We we love it. But absolutely. yeah, that, that, that some fantastic comments there, guys. Thank you so much. 
thank you to everyone uh, who sent in the messages that we didn't use in this uh, week's edition of the Bantina. Please do continue to send them in, and we'll do everything we can to get them on a future edition of this here, the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. <laughs> That's right. It is the spiciest part of the Budabot Bantina and, and maybe the show is the Patreon question section. And we got some spicy questions. Uh, Matty Boy, are you ready for these bad boy questions? Do it. Do it. Right, to kick <laughs> us off is our boy Scott Fisher. He goes, Hi lads, with the Bad Batch having cameos from the likes of Rex, Cutler Quayne, Gregor, etc., do you think in season two we could potentially see Commander Cody? As in Legends from the Force Unleashed, he trained new recruits on Camino, but we know that Canon now is definitely not Camino and done by clone commandos. So what do you reckon has happened to Commander Cody, and what did he do after the end of the Clone Wars? May boy, do you want to kick us off there? He had a shower because of all that dirt he dished on Obi Wan. That's why he did. Oh! He did. Um, that's a good question. There's so much uh, you don't realise until you kind of um, lift up the bandaid as such. You don't or open the curtains. You don't realise how many people really love Co- Commander Cody or want to know what he did post uh, that scene on on Utapau. Um, so I think he's going. I think it's a. I think it's almost a dead cert that Commander Cody is showing up in the Bad Batch. I don't know how many wow. seasons there are, but I think I'm happy. I'll happily hang my hat on the hook to say, at some point in the Bad Batch, he will definitely see Cody because this is the place to see him now. Unless they, you know they could show him in a comic or a book five years down the line, but people want to see him in animation. The Bad Batch now is the time. So I'm. I reckon. 100% at some point okay 99.9 that we're going to see Cody in, in the bad batch and at the end of the Clone Wars uh, I think that uh, I think he went on to be a model soldier depending on what happens with the clones if they're being phased out or whatever now in the time he was you know uh, in favour I think he was extremely loyal to the Empire as a whole you know good soldiers follow orders and I think that's exactly what he did I think he would, would have been a model soldier um but I do think we are going to see him because Dave Filoni uh, knows he got, he's got his finger on the pulse for the most part of what fans want, especially when it comes to this era. So I think absolutely we're seeing Commander Cody. What he's going to be doing in the bad batch, I don't know. Or, you know, is he going to become a good guy again or is he going to get blasted? Don't know. But I think we're definitely going to see him again, mate. Mate, that is spicy. So many people love Commander Cody. The prequels. Prequel boy. Well, here's the thing. Scott's kind of again. He's bringing that kind of different outlook because he he's from that Clone Wars generation. He is yeah. from that like hardcore prequel generation. He is a clone he, boy. He he is five oh first clone trooper. Yeah. So, um, see, maybe boy, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we'll see Cody. Actually, I am. Li- I'm fifty fifty split on it. Um, maybe. 51% will see Cody, Ooh, 49% we won't see him. And the reason I say that is because I think Cody isn't Rex. He's not the Bad Batch. I think he, he he's just a soldier that follows orders. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I'm always wary of shrinking the universe, but maybe we'll see Cody as clones are on the way out. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing in Bad Batch, you know, that kind of, and I said this in our recaps, I love when the show gets kind of political, in-universe political, and we see what the state of the galaxy is. So I, I think it could be complicated bringing in Commander Cody because he because he he is just another clone that mm-hmm. follows orders. You know, he's not Rex. So I don't know. Well, mm, one I don't gets, know. Uh, one not sure. Yeah, I'm, I, I hmm. It could happen. It could. The only the only way I could see it happening. It is exciting. The only way I could see it happening, mate, is if um, like there's like a clone rebellion or something, or like the clones are getting just destroyed by the stormies or or something like that. But yeah, I, I'm leaning. I'm really split on it. I'm really split on it. So there we go, Scott. Hope that's good enough, buddy. We'll we'll find out hopefully soon enough. You know the you know the drill. Let us know what you thought about Scott's question, Scott. Let us know what you think if he's coming back, but. Is Commander Cody coming back in the Bad Batch specifically? Um, and if so, what's he going to be getting up to? So nice one for that, Scott. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we've got one from Bobby Lawson, Robert Lawson. He said, which bit of bad special effects or sets or costume bugs you the most in Star Wars? I recently watched The Empire Strikes Back and noticed that Vader's helmet flapping about in the breeze on Cloud City. That or the cardboard tube and bubble wrap pole that they used to stop the trash compactor in A New Hope. May the force be with you always. Lukey boy, uh, I know one of them, and we all do, but by all means, repeat it again. What annoys you about a set or a yeah. costume or something in Star Wars? Do you know what I'm going to say? Ooh, I do, I do, I do, go on. I, do you know what? I'm going to start with this. This this kind of thing don't happen in the sequels. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like Once again, the VFX, and I think this kind of, it's just people take it for granted, Matty Boy. In the films, at least. How flipping good these films look and feel. It's just ridiculous. The attention to detail is crazy good. Um, And you do not get that in the sequels or Rogue One or anyway, 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 apart from Blue Jeans guy and the Mandalorian. That doesn't count because we're talking about Uh, about the Mando. Yeah. Um, Right. Okay. In A New Hope... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a new hope the stormtroopers don't all look the same yep that really bugs me it's and it true. really bugs me you know there's that black line on a stormtrooper helmet just yep. above the eyes yep. there's one and it's just like wonky it's <laughs> it's just completely wonky and it's and it's kind of like it just looks naff and this stormtrooper is like front and center on tattooing tattooing um, in a new hope it bugs me I, I i just look at it and i think how did someone not how can you not see that like mm-hmm. who who didn't notice oh that one looks completely different i don't get it matt i do not get it um other things some of the cgi in the special edition looks in the special editions doesn't look great and actually some of the cg in in the prequels looks rubbish like yeah. when obi-wan when Obi-Wan is, like, moved on the ground by that, like, thing that's thrown, forced, thrown on him. Oh, in by Revenge Kandu of the Sith. Kuk, in Sith, yeah. Oh, it looks horrendous. It looks, it bad, looks so, <laughs> it looks so rubbish. Once again, the sequels. I don't have, any, I don't have barely any complaints when it comes to the effects and stuff. So once again, like, these sequel films look unbelievable. Like, these are the best look, like, compare it to 
other fr- I'm, I sound so harsh comparing it to other franchises the modern films look unbelievable unbelievable they're head and shoulders above anything else right I'm gone on a rant now there we go Matty boy what, what about you mate well, what, also, what bugs you mate we also know about your annoyance for that scene in the Mando with the hair on the speeders and shouting oh my that was that's the one true. that's um, true I'm, I'm kind of talking about the film but yeah the, the oh, hair, no. like they're going what 100 miles an hour on speeder bikes they're just like yeah, so um, this is my story. Yeah, this- I'm like, guys, shout, shout! You're going, you're going like a hundred miles an hour on a speeder bike. Your hair's barely blowing around. I, yeah. I just think it looks rubbish. Yeah, man, back once again for the Renegade Master. I agree with that, mate. Um, for me, uh, I'm also going to chuck in um, Jedi Rocks, not because of the song, because the song was a banger, but it's just the insertion of that CGI. It couldn't be realised at the time. Uh, same with Jabba the Hutt in the specials. It, the CG wasn't where it needed to be, so it just looks awful. Some looks alright though, like when the X-Wings are uh, making their attack run on the Death Star, that scene of all of them, that's, that's cool. Um, but when it's integrated with the um, the practical uh, images, film images, then it doesn't look great. Uh, the ATST stumbling on the logs in Jedi always annoys me. <laughs> Again, it's limitations of the time. Uh, the, the, the light bursting out of the as the carbonite melts on Han Solo looks so bad, and like when Han's face just appears, that looks it looks horrible. I can't get my head around that. But in the sequels, mate, yeah. the one that does get me and it has done since I first saw it was my girl, uh, the wifey. When when Ray is levitating, be with me. She's saying, and she does that really that she sort of somersault flips forward, and you can tell she's she's just on wires, and she's just like flipping That's- forward. I've, that's true I've, that was one of the and this is really bad again critical eye when I saw that in the cinema it was a red flag for me I was like okay that looks bad okay oh, that's not on, a good hang sign on. hang on do you know what There, I, I really do dislike the layer scene the layer oh, poppins Mer- oh layer poppins as they call it in the last show no that doesn't look great yeah that's that's all that was always going to be a tough one to animate but because you know how do you move in space but yeah it, it who's gonna lie and say it wasn't jarring i can't when i first saw it again i thought oh dear <laughs> yes me too it is me exactly. too and i still look at it and i go that's a that's a part of the film where i'm like ah yeah. there could have been a i'm i'm convinced there could have been a cooler way to have done that just that i don't know make maybe just a different like, angle or something maybe but. maybe yeah different angle or like not so far out yeah, but or the, something the, like, camera, the way the camera pans and follows doesn't pan and track doesn't really work. But it, like, it looks like it looks like someone has an action figure and they've just got it on string. The string and yeah. going, there we go. Lest it be for me to tell Ryan Johnson, Steve Edlin, how to do their jobs and all that. But far from it. But in my mind's eye, if I was, well, that's it, all we're here for. Well, it I is. We, actually, had a, yes. we have if, a Star Wars podcast, and that's what we do. People always say. People generally say, well, "How would you have done it?" Then, well, I, I don't know. That's how I would have done it. it. Might not have been any. It could have been worse. I don't know, but at least I can offer an answer to that. But and obviously, yeah, most of the prequels look don't. So, well, let's say that most of Attack of the Clones doesn't look great. Revenge of the Sith is getting better. I think the Mustafar fight looks great, but um, they're the ones for me, Robert. So uh, Robert gave us his answers. Everyone, what annoys you about the effects, locations, or costumes in the wars? Yes. What an absolute sickhead. Um, one more question. One more question. Uh, Patreon questions section. We love it. Aria. Aria? Aria? Yeah, new patron. We'll well, recent patron, yes. Yeah, recent patron. Uh, as more information comes out about Disney and Lucasfilm have in the pipeline, have the projects you were looking forward to the most changed? Right, okay. I was on the fence about Visions, but once that trailer came out, 
I'm wholly on board. Cheers from Ohio. What an absolute session, sickhead area. Um, right, Matty boy, I know you've got some opinions on this. What are you saying, mate? Well, Visions for one, yes. We've, we've, uh, yes. we covered that on our Visions episode, which again was about Belter a few weeks ago. Uh, it comes out very soon as well, so can't wait to see that. I, I never thought that when it when it was announced. Um, do you think what else? Uh, there's a few, again, a George Tale maybe isn't for me, and I understand that. I was always on the train for Andor, and now I'm very even more excited for it. Uh, I was always excited for Kenobi. I think Ahsoka would be the one for me, because uh, had that be... I mean, I was... You know, I, I, I thought it was the character. I've said it before. The animated character's fine. Yeah, great. Uh, at least good, good character. I like her fine. But then when I saw the Mando realised in a live action, and it's got nothing to do with who did the character better, Rosario or Ashley, I just loved seeing that character in live action and it made me think okay i get it now i get why people will clamor for this character which then in turn now that they've released the news that there's going to be a soka series gets me excited but then there's the possibilities of what we could get from that and how it can tie in from into the larger story or who could be coming in you hear your Ezra's, you hear your thrones uh sabine wren maybe even luke skywalker ahsoka and luke meeting so for me um ahsoka is the one which i've probably move the needle on most other than visions still don't know anything about lando or much about the acolyte though i'm excited for that but what about you mate right visions <laughs> like you said <laughs> yep i am absolutely buzzing for vision which is next week matt oh, is next yes. it's next week mate i'm absolutely buzzing for star wars visions um do you know what i've got to give uh, a lot a lot a lot of credit to matt hudson for this um and or yes i have really you turned on and <laughs> i am i am a lot more excited for Andor than i was maybe even six months ago mm-hmm. you know maybe at yeah. the start of the year i was i, I always say and i you know, I did say this. I was like, it feels like the solo announcement of the TV show. You did say that, yes. No one wants it. No one needs it. Obviously, I was wrong. Let's see. I could still be right. <laughs> I could. I could be like, see, whoa, Spice Troon. Um, all aboard. All aboard. Uh, no, Ahsoka looks absolutely mad. Um, I'm really excited for that, especially after her episode in The Mandalorian or her appearance, really, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mate. And I'm looking... Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's it. I'd say that's it. I, everything else, I'm pretty much where I was 12 months ago. Kenobi. Um, what else? Lando. Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, the Book of Boba well, Fett. I, I was excited. You know, I'm being that. liberal with this because we didn't even know some of these were coming. But yes. I, from their announcement, right, um, I'm pretty much yeah. the exact same. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to Book of Boba Fett. Mando season three, though, mate. Obviously. I just want that to come. And I feel like they're just teasing us, you know. So. <laughs> oh, no. But that's not bad. That's half the fun sometimes, so. Yeah, it's always, it's always a bit of fun. Uh, Visions, uh, 13 to 22 minute long episodes, they're, they're reckoning. So they end up mm. five minutes, so. That's exciting. But yeah, dude, I'm you. so happy with that. I'm no, so I'm, happy yeah, about we, that. We did worry about what, what if they're like five minutes, but no, it's about two and a half hours, give or take all in, which is pretty exciting. So feature length between all of them. So um, yeah, Aria, thank you for your first ever Patreon question. Uh, and I hope we answered it satisfyingly for you. Uh, that is that then for this week's uh, stint in the Bantina barman. Sorry about the mess. But you know we're going to be back again this time next week for another couple of Kef beers, another round in the Bantina. 
It's the Star Wars Sessions game! G-G-G-G-Game! Yes! <laughs> each, at the end of each episode, we always end off with a Star Wars-themed game where we alternate who hosts it this week. Me is hosting it. You, would you like to know what you're playing this week? You would like to know. You would like to know. Right, here we go. It's basically... <laughs> like to know. It's, it's seven <laughs> questions. How well do you know the sequel trilogy? Seven questions about the sequel trilogy. Oof. Let's see if you're paying attention all those times you watch them. Oh, no. Okay, let's go. They're not too let's bad, go. actually. I think I think you'll do fairly well with these. And that isn't okay. putting you down. I think, you know, I've, oh. I've, tried, I've come out with these myself, so I think you'll get them. Okay. Yeah, Luke, Luke on, on account of him being a simpleton, might get yeah. these. Yeah, I've made them as simple as possible, mate. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, DJ, hit that music. Okay. <clears throat> Question one. How many parsecs did Ray think the Millennium Falcon completed the Kessel run in? Um, oh. Twelve. No. Uh, what did she say? 12, 13? 12. Are you going to go? Are you, are you locking in 12? I don't know. I don't know why I'm stressing out. I'm stressing out because I want to get the first one right. Uh, tw- yeah, I'll go with 12. I'll go with 12. You sure? Uh, no. Um, 13. I'll go with 13. I'm going to go with 13. Okay, right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lock that in. And the answer is 14, in fact. Oh. I'm sorry, I had to drag that out because that's the only question I forgot to put the answer down. And I was thinking, oh my God, if I'm wrong here, I'm going to look... Str- I knew it was 14, but I was like, I've got to check. So it was definitely 14. Okay, so, okay. Uh, okay right. right. Okay. Question two. What is the first sentence of The Force Awakens crawl? The first four words. Um, Luke Skywalker has disappeared. Oh, are you locking it in? Uh... Uh, your your reaction no. kind of has made me nervous now. Um, no, I, I, again, don't yeah, take Luke, me from anything. You are so quick Luke's, on the block. It's great. Luke Skywalker has disappeared, yeah. Okay. It's locked in. The first yeah. four words were, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Oh, no! <laughs> I got of a course it has. I got See, this is, this is the problem. I say it on here. I'm the sort of guy, who, I've listened to songs my entire life and I still don't know the words and I get them mixed up you were nearly there though you were on I would have probably said disappeared as well to be fair I'm so annoyed okay so not out of two number three uh, also from The Force Awakens what Mm. were Han Solo's last words um what was so Kylo says I know what I have to do I don't know if I got it's I think it's um come home is it come home oh, I said or... I'll put any reaction in this time what'd you say I'm not gonna put any reaction in this time oh my days um yeah I think it's I think it's like come home okay going I know what home? I have to do I don't know if I have the yeah, because I, I, I think the rest is silence after that, I think. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Okay, we're locking it in. Carlo go Ren on. says to Han Solo, will you help me? And he says, yes, anything. That was oh, his last words, was yes, anything. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. I watched wow. it today to make sure. Uh, 
But you're, but listen, dude, you're on the, you're on the right track, my friend. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, listen, you've, you've still, you're, you're definitely going to get some of these. So the fourth one, what words of advice does DJ give to Finn upon his realization that the wealthy fund the bad and the good guys in the Last Jedi? What does DJ say to Finn? Um, good guys, bad guys, <laughs> <laughs> all part of the same cycle or something like that or what does he say after that I shouldn't same be, oh. machine and he says something else after that and does he yep it's good guys do you oh um live free don't join yes, yes! live free don't join he says uh, yeah they're all part of the same machine live free don't join yes yes we'll have it we'll have right, that we're, we're off the mark one out of four so we're 25% next one um oh actually <laughs> this is the one this is the one I always forget this is what I put it in. So I wonder if, you'll, okay. if you can get this one. <clears throat> what species was the resistance pilot Kai Thranali who flew at the Battle of Crate and Exegol? Who? Kai Thranali. <laughs> species. Think about the species that flew in those battles, the ones that got a bit more <laughs> screen time. Right. Kai. Uh, what species Thren- was Kai Thranali and Elo Asti in The Force Awakens? Oh, oh, um, okay. Allo Asti. Yep. Yeah, I know that guy. Allo Asti. Pasty. He, he, he was, um, he was in the Force, Force Awakens, wasn't he? Yep. Um, he got blowed up. He got blowed up. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Ab something, isn't it? Abnito or something. Abed, Abednito or Abed, Abed, Nito? Abednido? We're going to lock it in, are we? Yeah. Be generous. <laughs> yes. oh, you got it. You did actually say Abednido. I always forget Abednido is what he was. It's the Nido, is it? It's not it's Nito. 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 Oh, okay. yeah. I would have given it to you for Nito because oh, you're that. kind. Yeah. You're so kind. Two out of five, which is uh, whatever that makes it. Um, what's that? Oh, who knows? Well, no. Who knows? However much that is. Times 35%. Times 33.333. Times that by four for 20, 20, 60. I don't know what it is. Um, right. Who cares? Uh, who cares, mate? Penultimate one now. What is the okay. only line that Wedge Antilles has in The Rise of Skywalker? Nice. Nice shooting. Nice flying. Nice flying, Poe. Something like that. Oh, I'm going to need an exact I'm going to need an exact quote. Oh, come you're on. Nearly, you're nearly there. Nice flying, Lando. Yes. Is it that? It is. It is. Nice flying, Lando. Quick cut to someone else. That's what it is, yeah. Because he's yeah. Lando's flying and he's the gunner, which is, you know, unlike unlike Wedge, he's usually the uh, hotshot pilot, but his flying right. days are long gone. What so, a yes, lad. nice flying, Lando. So you're now three out of three out of six. So you've, you've shot up to 50% here, mate. The okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's do this. Let's get a majority. Now, this is mentioned in the film, but it is a toughie. Oh, the no. Rise of Skywalker. What was the name of the Aki Aki that gave Ray that necklace on Persana? The English Rose says that's a nice name. It's not said in the film, is it? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, she goes, oh, my name is... Yeah. And then she's blah, like, blah, what's blah. your surname? She's like, stop asking me that. Yeah. Oh, 
Best podcast. Best podcast. That was her name. I, bro, I, I'm blanking. I do not know. No? You're gonna, Damn, oh, I'm so annoyed. What? Are we going yeah, to lock that one in, mate? I, I'm going to have to lock in. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> her name is her name is Persana Head. Yeah. <laughs> her name is Necklace Face. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> her name is Nambi Gima. Mm. And she was um, portrayed mm. by Kieran Sharp, which is voiced by Deborah Wilson, who was Seer Jinder in uh, Fallen Order. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, no, didn't know that one. Three I wouldn't out have got seven, that. Though, mate. I don't, think that's, I don't it, think that's too bad for sequel trilogy knowledge. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I was kind of getting, I was getting there with some of them, but nah, you, you know me. Ahead of steam, but that last one was a, that was that was a naughty question, but I think it's I think been it's a right, out. I think it's all right. Out. Well done, mate. If Thank you happy you, with that? Boy. No. Okay. I, I'll, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'll, I'll, I'll be. I'll pat myself on the back. There we go. Pat myself on the back and go. Good boy. Well done, Lukey boy. Good so, boy, Lukey boy, and good yep. listeners for sticking with us through episode 129. So that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone, are they? Where can the world find us, Master Blowwalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and we will be there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. Uh, do you feel like dropping us a message or a voice note? Send it to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Yeah, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, everywhere in the galaxy. You can find a podcast, you're going to find us on there. And if you do love the show, please consider leaving us one of those filthy five-star reviews on your podcast provider of choice. Head on over to podchaser.com and do the same if you would be so kind. Uh, it's awesome over there. Drop us a review. Every five stars helps us out massively. It gets more people in and more Star Wars fans to engage with. It's the name of the game for us, so thank you. Yeah, some get get those get those Apple Podcast reviews in. Get them in. Um, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell JJ Abrams, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more the merrier. <gasps> the castle's spicier. That's yep. right. Tell Nambi Gima that this is the podcast you're looking for. However, until next time, from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you always. Yeah, Luke. Luke. <laughs> Ringlish O's. <laughs> Thanks for dining with us. <laughs> <laughs>